Kalios is a combo artisan, best known for his contribution to the Dragon Ball Fighters community, especially the character Beerus. We get into why he loves fighting games, combo theory, and his favorite Call of Duty Zombies map. All of that and more on the cross up. Hello everyone, I am joined with Talios. Talios, how you doing, man? I'm pretty good, how about you? Good, I'm doing thank you for asking. Okay, no thank problem. you. Uh, so, welcome to Cross Up. There's a question that I'm trying to make a tradition at this point. I asked this to all my guests, this is the first question, is what does the name Talios mean to you specifically? Man. <laughs> so, I, I posted this on Twitter, I think one or two times maybe, a while ago. And it was actually a name I made when I was like 12, 13 or so. It might have been even earlier. Um, long story short, Friends are trying to make a story, kind of like anime story that we wanted to do at some point. And I have a dragon character that's human and dragon named Talios. Okay. So I kind of, I, I made that name just out of the blue and I just said, you know what? That's just my name at this point. So I, then I just kept it and I just, that's what I've been doing. It's just, that's my name. Since 12 years old, that is actually an awesome one. Around there, story. yeah. I, I remember listen, when I was 12, I was doing terrible names. Absolutely awful names. <laughs> Like like dark edge lord xxx type oh, stuff. Yeah. So I had a Call of Duty names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The xx lowercase capitalization name xx. <laughs> yeah. Like names you see it in Call of Duty lobbies, like all the time. But I think a lot of people in the scene obviously know you for your Dragon Ball Fighters content, right? You do a lot of combo videos, and a good majority of that content is specifically. Uh, on Beerus. And I, my question to you is, what's so alluring about Beerus? What got you to pick this character? Oh, this is a good one. Okay. So, originally, I I never, this is going to be weird, Dragon Ball Fighters, I think, is the second Dragon Ball game I've ever played. I played Xenoverse 2 before that, and that was it. So, when I first played, I all I saw was part of Dragon Ball Super. I never watched Z, I never watched Original. I wasn't that big in Dragon Ball at the time. So, I first was watching Super and I saw Beerus. I'm like, man, I love this character. <laughs> From story storyline based around him, Whis and him, and hopefully I didn't say that wrong. <laughs> and just how his design is. And also because he, um, one of my favorite things in mythology is like Egyptian gods and stuff. So when, when he had that little look to him, I'm like, alright, this is my character. He's got the drip. So when I, when I finally saw him in Dragon Ball, when the trailer announced, I'm like, this is my character. This is it right here. So the first second I played him, I saw the creativity with the ores. I'm like, I'm going to break this character as far as I can. And I'm still going with that today. That is awesome. That is so cool. So I want to I wanna rewind a bit when you said orbs. Is that... So when you saw the character's move list, is there, is that what made, well, obviously you did the rule of cool. You were like, yo, Beerus just looks cool. I want to yeah. pick up. So the orbs and the player expression, let's, let's dive deep into that for a bit, because, you know, you've been playing this character for quite some time and you've won quite a few combo contests now. And so for me, do you think that Beerus is figured out already? Do you sort of, do you feel like there's more room for the character to grow at this point? I feel like, as an optimal route, kind of yes and no. I feel like if they make more changes slightly to his kit, I feel like there could definitely be more optimal combos. Mm. And I definitely feel like there's a lot of routes with Beerus, because honestly, you, I could do, let's say, a basic string, 
and I can completely change the combo with orbs if I do 5L into an orb instead of 5M into an orb. And it can completely change the route depending on what I want to do. So, I definitely feel like there could be more optimal routes we haven't seen yet, but I think the optimal portion of it is basically discovered. But in new routes, for example, I think it's the sky's endless with this character. Right. Absolutely. You, you can do anything. For example, I could literally... Like, for example, that combo I actually just posted not too long ago. I'm um, using the exact same starter as the one that actually won me that... Or not, it didn't win me the combo contest, but it was the one that made me blow up for a bit. Um, I used the exact same starter, and it was an entirely different combo. Especially mm. since the old one doesn't work anymore, because they changed it to Season 4. So, when I found that new one... And I already have, like, three different variations I want to do of that new one, too. So it's crazy how just a simple change in a button or a simple movement could literally change the entire combo, especially with the assists. It can completely just change entirely. That's why I love the expression with him, because it's you can see what the person's thinking and how you combo. Absolutely. So I think that's that's what I love about that character. Uh, expression is a big thing, and I think, you know, your beer is had me sold. I was almost about to boot up <laughs> fighters when I was doing research and looking at your stuff. Jesus Christ, there's so much going on, okay? You got <laughs> all the orbs and stuff like that. It looks like you're Thank playing you. like Puyo Puyo halfway through it. But, uh, you know, that's actually a really interesting point. You said player expression and, you know, all of this orb setups and stuff like that, as well as, you know, different routes depending on which buttons you press. Mm. Uh, what is sort of your mindset when you were labbing out a character? This doesn't specifically have to be Beerus. But if you're trying to find a new combo route or trying to do something, do you have a process for that? I think it mainly depends on the character for me. Okay. So, like, when I'm labbing Janemba, usually what I try to find out is specific things that may not have been tested before, like maybe a, a key blast into loop variation, or maybe I can do something off EX Green Orb, the, or Hell's Gate, on maybe in the corner if I set it up a certain way. Can I get it off with specific assists so it's always... Um, it can combo from behind or something like that. Like, I try to go based off things that might not have been fully explored with characters yet. So, like, I had this stupid combo with Bardock that I did. Uh, I think I posted it on Twitter, like, two, three weeks ago. Where I used Blue Vegeta A assist, and I did three Lariats going across the screen and back, just because I could. So, and that was another thing, too, is I don't usually go for optimal things most of the time when I'm trying to find stuff with characters. I just try to make something that looks the coolest. Because that's just, that's what I do. So, it's just, I love seeing the stupid things you can do in the game, and that's, that's, that's what I love to do. Dragon Ball is definitely one of those games where, man, uh, it, it just looks like a, I don't, it, it looks like the anime. It, it just does. It, it, does. it does a really good job of just bringing you in and being like, jaw drop every time you watch a combo. Yeah, I know we've talked a lot about combos at this point, and I'm curious as to what your sort of insight or who do you think you are in the sort of FGC community as of right now? I know a lot of people paint you as, you know, the Beerus guy. You know, you are this combo lab expert. Uh, do you feel like that's appropriate or would you give yourself another title? I would say that would be appropriate. The only thing I always get worried about, because I'm one where I don't try to brag, I try to just like when people say something like yeah okay like you know when people call me like the beer scott i'm like in a laughing sense yes probably mm. but no way in hell competitive why <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so that's they interesting do, to see yeah yeah they do say like for example the people i've played they say i have i have probably the best 
um, imagery when it comes to hitting the orbs and how to use them, how to, not use them effectively, but the different ways to use them and how like different air buttons can connect with them. So for example, if I do like the EX orbs in the air, I can do a certain block thing that it makes me like super jump back into one or like the, the different ways to use them in neutral kind of way that other people don't. I mean, obviously super dash beats everything, but besides that whole point, when they don't do it, you can see like the cool stuff I'll do, like where I just jump around the screen. I'm hitting orbs when people never done that before. So that's 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 kind of where I think they get the idea from. But mm. so I would say definitely in the labbing combo sense, I definitely am up there because I I have found so much of this character. I like I don't want to brag, but there's some you have. and there's it's just a lot objective of facts. Let's be yeah. real, right? There's so many optimal and unoptimal things I found with this character, and I may have not found like the B and Bs and such from like season one or two that are still being used, but most of the EX routes, some of the spark routes being used, the loops, mm -hmm. the I have found a lot of the links in the game with this character, so I'm really happy for that. And so I would say definitely in a combo labbing sense, I'm pretty much up there. But in a competitive sense, no. Yeah. Okay. Are there any Lobby, plans though. to uh, to change that at all? I want to change that. I do. Okay. Walk me through. Like, me... what what are you thinking here? Like, uh, are we gonna are we gonna see you signed with the with the team soon? What's uh, <laughs> that'd be what's cool. <laughs> but um, no, I am trying just to. I've been trying to enter more tournaments more often. Try to play more people and just more like higher tier people instead of just online, because. That's not going to that. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about the netcode enough. Um, <laughs> netcode, and then you see the same teams online nowadays. God. It hurts. But, um, yeah, I try to play a bunch of people online. Like, I play Cal's Kingdom sometimes. Re Requiem. Um, so I'm, I, I want to play with Skeezer a little bit more. Um, and there's a couple others that I do want to play. Because I, I talked to Lap, um, Lap Pillow as well. And we do a bunch of things with his team or Beerus himself, and we talk a lot. So we um, we plan on playing at some point. So I do want to try to get better by playing these people, and hopefully, you know, expel my weaknesses from my game my gameplay, and then try to get better in understanding like certain things I'm doing wrong and such. And I'm hoping if I do that, I'll definitely be a lot better than I am now. Absolutely, absolutely, and I'm sure you will over time. I mean. You already got the combos. If you get a hit, I'm scared. I'm putting the controller down. I'll be honest. Yeah, I could, de I could definitely hit my combos online. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So now that we're moving from sort of like your perception in the FGC, you're the, the mm -hmm. combo guy, you want to get a little bit more into the competitive space. Uh, how did you get into the FGC? Okay. So this is going to be... So the first thing, like, let, let's say just like how I got on Twitter and stuff and YouTube. Sure, yeah. Oh. So, this is an extremely funny story because of how it happened. It is the most weirdest but basic story at the same time. Mm. So, it all started... Um, started playing Dragon Ball. I used to play... The first game fighting game I ever played was Mortal Kombat on the GBA. Okay. The, co okay. the collection that was on there. Interesting And then choice. I played Street Fighter 4 with my dad when that came out. Mm. And then I played a couple other games throughout then, like um, Killer Instinct. I played the new one, of course. Mm. Um... Blaze Blue was the first anime game I got into. And after that, I played Marvel 3, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and then Dragon Ball happened. And around Season 2, like at the end of Season 2 in Dragon Ball, it was like right, it was like 
the like couple months before COVID like hit. I think is when it when it was like around August. I think. I what I always did is I always made just random combos like when I was bored and I haven't slept yet, and I would send them to my uh, friend or two on Xbox because I play on Xbox mostly, mm. and excuse me, and uh, he was like, "Why don't you post these online?" I'm like, "You know, I didn't think about that." <laughs> That's what I started doing. I started posting them on Twitter. Um, I started sending them to a bunch of people that I know. And, like, people on Twitch that I follow, like, the people that I know play Beerus and stuff, and I just said, how do you like this? And I kind of just kept doing it and doing it, and I just, the combos kept getting more in-depth and depth, and then it just went from there. And that that's that's the entire story. Wow, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. From MKGBA to uh, Beerus uh, Connoisseur, that's... <laughs> That's quite a journey, man. That's quite a journey, and that's great to hear. I will say I'm definitely not as much as a Mortal Kombat fan than I am the anime games, but you know, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Actually, it. Yeah, let, let's get into that for a bit. So, you we also before we talked about player expression, is that sort of um, uh, a commonality between the characters that you tend to pick in these other games? Yes, definitely. I try my hardest to not only play certain games with character expression, but also characters that have character expression. So, some examples of characters I play. Would be Amaterasu, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Dante. My my uh, my ultimate team was Phoenix Wright, Dante, Amaterasu. Oh, okay. The, Interesting. So, yeah, Phoenix Wright had the different turnabout modes and the snitch finger combos. <laughs> then you had Amaterasu with the different um, weapon forms, Dante with Dante. Yeah. And I played Fairy and Grand Blue for a little bit. I just couldn't deal with that combo system, though. That combo system killed me. Mm. For, that killed my want to play that game. When I when I first played and I did two specials and it said combo limit, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Are you serious? That is the, the, the worst two words any <laughs> fighting game fan could hear is combo yeah. limit on the screen. Yeah, I mean, but... let's be real, we love our infinites. A little bit, you know? Like, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Like, it's cool to see. Like, even if it's, like, mm -hmm. you know, not as competitive as uh, people would like it to be. It's it's one of those things where it's yeah. like, ah, oh, that serotonin hit hits different when you see it. It really does. When you get that hard combo, you're like, man, thank God I hit that finally. Yeah, leads into an interesting topic. So, complexity in fighting games is oftentimes the reason uh, why this community and this scene gets labeled as niche a lot. Mm -hmm. So I was curious, you know, as a person that enjoys expression and creativity, and not only just your characters, but the games that you play as well, do you think there's some sort of silver lining or some things that need to be said about execution in fighting games that, you know, you could add to the conversation? Okay. So... I have diff different differentiating, I can't speak, opinions on how inputs are in fighting games right now. So I definitely feel like I don't want to go too easy, like how some games are recently, but I also don't want it to be extremely hard, like a very hard King of Fighters or Street of Fighter, Street Fighter one frame link kind of thing. So one sure. best example I could explain for this is I think if you, besides the auto combos and draggable, I really do, I hate those. Um, mainly just for the stupid side swap, kind of just mash and hope you get it kind of the thought chain. process. I don't like that. Yeah. But I don't mind the chaining. I just don't like the, how easy it is sometimes to just mash it and get away with it. Mm. Besides that, um, I definitely think the 
I don't mind. I do not mind at all the one or two simple input. Like, I don't mind the simple input specials and stuff. And especially if a game does it well. So, the best example I could say for this is DNF Duel. DNF Duel, I think, was the perfect middle ground that a game has ever had when it comes to combo system and input, simple inputs. Because you could, for example, with, let's say Dragon Knight, let's say, for example, that was the character I played. That was definitely my character. Mm. Um, love that girl. Hope, uh, please give me another beta. <laughs> I, need, I need my copium, please. Yeah. I was so sad I didn't have a PS4 to play it. So sad. Uh, yeah. It's okay, I couldn't even play the first night anyway. Yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> Nobody could. But, uh, but Dragon Knight, uh, you, this was your character yes. of choice during the beta? So, yeah, that was definitely my character. I, I tried Kunoichi, but I'm like, no, nah, I have to play Dragon Knight. There's no way I don't play this character. And one thing I always noticed about that game was, yes, uh, they can tech out of combos. But the fact that I can do 20, 22 simple input moves together... And it straight up looks like a normal, like, Marvel, th not Marvel 3, but just a normal, like, Blaze Blue type of combo without the inputs was perfect. Mm. Like, I could sit there and do this long, elaborate combo or set up in the corner, and it still took inputs to do it. But it also wasn't incredibly hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that was my favorite part about DNF Duel was that there were long, not just long combos, but there were good combos that weren't too simple, yet they weren't too hard. I think that was the perfect middle ground for a fighting game we've had for a while. And I also think Melty Blood's also up there too. Whereas, yeah, the, imp the simple inputs basically made combos like one button presses. Sure, but yeah. there are but there are technical combos you can do. Like totally. it's, it's not just you have to do simple to get good damage. You can do whatever you want. And I think that's what I think a lot of games need to be look looking forward to. It's more just... Yeah, you can make it simple for beginner access, but you also need that depth for long-time fighting game players. And when I heard that, for example, the Project L, when I heard that, I'm like, Alright, I, I see what you're doing, alright. As long as I have my in-depth combos and setups and stuff, I'm totally fine with the simple inputs. Totally. I just, I think with simple inputs, there is a time when you get too simple, it gets way too boring too fast. And I think that's the problem with a lot of games recently, is it's just, it's too easy. For, like things are just sometimes too easy and so for a lot of new players that's totally fine because they're getting into the genre but for long time players a lot of times the combos and the setups are like that's that's the point of the game like seeing those combos and setups and so it makes you go okay i'm into this game you know the it's fast paced that's why a lot of people love marvels there are so many layers and combos and how fast the game was moving one second it's 89 seconds next second your team is dead there's a lot of it's yes. fast paced. It's not. It's hard, and I don't. I don't think the hard, hard definitely does push some newer players away. But I don't think that's always the case. I think if you truly want to get into the fighting game, no matter how hard it is, you will take that time to learn it. Sure, absolutely. So I think that's definitely what I would say. Uh, I definitely think and to end that off. Though I do believe that DNF Duel is probably the best showcase of simple inputs, but still has depth. That we've seen in the fighting game so far and i'm very excited for that game too you know that's actually yeah. a really refreshing take talios because a lot of the discourse that i've seen about dnf duel has mostly been block button stuff which we can get into that oh, if you yeah. want to but i mean let's um, be real these games are shifting from pretty much like you said uh from mm -hmm. easy to learn but hard to master right 
is sort yeah. of the vibe I'm getting from a lot of these new games, and I I think that's quite perfect. Uh, if there's room to grow, it adds longevity to a game. I think fighting games as a competitive video game genre, uh, you know, are in an interesting spot because you see the longevity of games like uh, MOBAs, all right, League and Dota. Uh, these shooters like uh, Apex and also Valorant. Uh, there's, you know, even though the gameplay loop is somewhat similar and easy to obtain, it's mastery over the characters and the situations. That applies to fighting games too. So yeah, that's that's a major thing too. I think fighting games have a problem with is not just how the game plays. I think it's more the the newer things that get added the content and i think that's what fighting games struggle with the most when it comes to longevity and i think as much as i hate the whole constant dlc things like grand blue has done a lot and i that's the one problem i have with grand blue is just a constant dlc but now that they have the complete edition it's not that bad to me yeah. i think it's definitely a lot better um street fighter 5 did that as well but the thing with apex valor and stuff is that they always have not just season based but they always release new things that change the way the meta goes or how the combo not combos sorry um how situations happen the new maps the new characters and how all of that comes together and i think that's what keeps the longevity of these games and but unlike csgo though where you have just one weapon maybe every like five years but it, the competitive seems huge in that game so that's something entirely different but with Apex and such, I think it's more just the content that keeps getting added, the changes that keep being made, the characters that keep being um, brought in, the storyline. Because the storyline Apex is actually pretty good. I actually really like Apex a lot. Um, but I definitely do think that's necessary for a game's long life, and Halo Infinite's also trying to do that as well. Mm -hmm. And I do think if fighting games do want to last for a long time over a span before making a new one they definitely do need to start adding more content and such and i think that's what dragon ball Fighters is having a problem with too which is just you know no stages no skins um characters are fine i think they're releasing characters at a decent rate i think they're that okay that's okay certainly um but yeah there's just there's not enough stuff being added that keeps bringing people in couldn't have said it better myself seriously yeah. it's just I completely, we're on the same page when I agree. It's one of those things where it kind of just goes, well, where's the incentive to keep playing other than just placing high in tournaments, yeah. right? If competitive play, like, let's use me for example, I'm not a pro player, right? If I were to keep playing any X amount of fighting game, and like, if I didn't really care about my ranked, then is the only reason just so I can play with friends, like, where there's, yeah. there's, there's, different departments where fighting games could get better and grow right mm -hmm. um before we move on to another topic i would actually like to talk about this a little bit more because i love this go in so i think there's it depends also on the people playing and the game itself because for example um with dragon ball people are still playing that because of how good it is it's dragon ball and it's still going for three four years yes the content does help but i feel like I mean, with COVID, for example, we didn't, we didn't, we were silenced. We had radio silence for nine months or so. Yes. Nothing was said, nothing was mentioned. And we just got dropped this crazy patch. And everyone was playing just online for a year and a half. Like, that's, that's what love for a game shows. And that's the same thing that I feel like with Marvel. Whereas the game did, the game physically couldn't get a patch anymore due to licensing reasons. Mm -hmm. And that game's still going strong after 10, 11 years. Totally. 
it just it, it's the game and the community that really bumps the game up that's why you still see people playing melee after that game's been 20 plus years old now still see people playing um old ki sometimes like there's still love for these older games that definitely keep them going basically like it's funny how we call the fgc the fgc and we sort of like encompass this whole wide genre however <laughs> it's really more like these sub communities of these just absolutely dedicated people and fans uh to that game in particular so i mean that's certainly what's kept dragon ball alive and in the forefront of a lot of what's happened you know recently in the world you know with uh with the pandemic and all that stuff so even with the game's netcode, people are still playing it. Yeah. And let's be real, it's Dragon Ball. People are going to play Dragon Ball. It's Dragon Ball. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. Do you feel like uh, Dragon Ball is moving in a, a new direction? What, how do you feel about the Labcoat 21 stuff? Okay. So, for me, I'm very excited for her. One, because I've been waiting for 21's normal um, version of her since she was shown off. Yeah. The second I played the story, I'm like, there's a basic scientist version of her. Give me Kokonoe in Dragon Ball, please. <laughs> Give me my Blaze Blue Kokonoe style character in Dragon Ball, and I love her. Um, also, I just like the character too. So th for me, I understand why people are mad, but at the same time, I feel like this is the perfect example of getting a Blue Goku and Blue Vegeta. It's the same character, but then, but with with this game though, even though they're the same character, they can make them entirely different. So, yes, I get the whole, it's a, the lab coat joke added onto it, but I definitely do feel like they're going to do a good job, as usual, with making character movesets, even though we haven't seen anything of the character. And I'm pretty sure she is in Xenoverse 2, and they'll probably take stuff from that. Sure. So, it, I, I definitely understand what people are feeling about the character, like, man, yeah. they could have added, like, Deborah or something like that, for example. But at the same time, I'm like, I understand that, but for being radio silent for, like, six months five six months and then dropping this on us that means we're getting more content still and that's i think what really matters they understand the love for the game and they're willing to go with us to continue this game and i think that's the best part because we're gonna get hurt and then we possibly will get maybe I, I wouldn't say another season pass but we'll definitely get updates that change the game and Sorry. i'll definitely be very excited for that when it happens i think the most valuable thing is just an answer I think that's what the community yes. has been waiting for for a while, right? So just mm -hmm. having an answer on what is next in general is a step in the right direction. Totally excited for that. Uh, I'm excited to see your response and your reaction to it all. You you do, in fact, make content. You make these uh, combo videos. It's 2022. Mm -hmm. It's a new year. Are you um, going to probably take a different avenue, or are you going to focus more on sort of the player side of things? Still maybe upload a combo or two, but focus on competing. Um, I'm going to do a bunch of things, actually. So I actually just hit partner on YouTube as well, so that was Congrats. pretty cool. Thank you. I actually hit it the night of December 31st, so that was kind of funny. Um, so I've been wanting to do a lot of content from stream highlights that I used to do a lot, but I, I just stopped her because of my school. It was just too much at once with streaming as well. Um, I want to do. I do want to get more into the competitive side, and I do plan on trying to do that. Uh, I want to get into more fighting games, especially for the channel and myself. So I'm definitely going to be posting more Blaze Blue stuff probably, because I'm I'm a huge fan of Blaze Blue, and I'm so glad that game got rolled back. Oh my god. I, I've been trying to get people to play that for so long. Yeah, <laughs> I think I just we could it finally do it. Time, it was a blast. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. 
Good, good. I love hearing that because that means we're getting more people into the game, and that game is really fun. It's a very well-made game, and I'm excited to play against more people in that. Um, DNF Duel is another one I'm really excited for. Project L is also another one. I saw Ari, and she's my even though I don't play a league, she's my favorite league character. Mm. And when I saw her play, I'm like, I need her. Give me now. <laughs> now. <laughs> give me those combos. I need them now. Give me, yeah. Had orb combos and a dash through. Give me the. Give me her. That's the Talios character right there. Easy. Exactly. Easy. Easy. A flight character with orbs, please. Um, I know they're fox fires, but just let me be for a sec. Um, so I'm planning on doing that. I want to do more. The thing with streaming is I love doing variety. So actually, just recently, because of Elden Ring coming out. Yes. Um, as a huge Souls fan, thank God. Um, I have a thousand hours on three, two, probably one at this point. I've and I did a playthrough of basically nearly every Souls game recently, and for um to get up to blo uh, to Bloodborne to get up to Elden Ring, and I definitely want to make Elden Ring content as well. Um, I make a bunch of random content. Like I want, I I've been trying to find a group for Among Us because as much as that game is all joked around upon, I really do enjoy the and this funny thing too is the the character interaction with with people, especially yeah, in voice absolutely. chat. Absolutely, that interaction is what makes that game for me, especially with friends. And I definitely do want to try to find a group to play that. Um, some other just random games out there too, like indie games. Um, and then just you know just spread out, you know. I like I, I will definitely still keep my combo stuff because that's what I'm known for and that's what people watch me for. But I definitely want to do a bunch of other game content because you know I'm not one to stick with one game. I love playing different games at a time, and I would like to be able to just make content on all of that and not just sure. one game itself. And I've been trying to experiment with that with the stream highlights, like I streamed Call of Duty at one point. Uh, I streamed Dokapon Kingdom at one point. Yeah, it's a if you don't know what that is, it's a Japanese um, RP. It's a JRPG with four players, up to four players, and it's. JRPG Monopoly is the best way to explain it. Okay. It's, okay. It, it's it's very difficult, but it's fun. Um, yeah, we we use Dolphin to play it because it's a the Nintendo Dolphin because it's a Nintendo Wii game. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> a Nintendo Dolphin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. That's awesome yeah. to hear that you're doing a variety of games. I mean, it just sounds like you love video games and you enjoy your I time do. with them. And, you know, you want to share that with people, and that's super cool to hear. Uh, I'm going to personally be watching, so uh, thank you, excited thank to you. see that in the future. It. So, Talios, mm -hmm. Pokemon TCG. Oh god, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been booming, it's been super popular the past, like, probably a couple mm -hmm. of years at this point. Even Logan Paul is doing, like, you know, these card unboxing videos. My question is... Do you remember the first time you opened up a super rare, like a hollow or something like that, and how that felt to you? Not the first hollow. And the first thing I think about is secret rare kind of card. And okay, I would say I don't fully remember. I was probably too young, and I don't remember. I do have a great memory when it comes to past memories, but that's not one I really thought about, so I probably didn't remember it. But I do remember the multiple times I've bought packs, played the game. I actually still have a trophy over here on my shelf over here from the first time I won a tournament. And God, the history with that game. I have played that for so long. I haven't played it since COVID hit. I do uh, want to play the new online one though. 
and make content of that when it comes out. Because um, they're making a new online one. Because yeah. I guess the other one was just outdated or the code might have been bad. So they decided to make a new one, which it did get delayed. But I'm pretty sure that's going to be this month or next month. I can't remember when it's supposed to release. But I definitely will be playing that. But I do remember I got, just actually recently, I got a $200 Umbreon card. Ooh. Sticker rare. Literally, a, it was like a new set. I bought five packs at GameStop. Pull, open a pack, got it like second try. I'm like, hell yeah. Nice. I sold that two days in, made bucks. But um, I've had, there's a bunch of cards. Like, I could probably show if you if you cared. Um, I totally I care. Whole, I would love to see. I that. have a hold on. I have a whole binder full of cards. Hold oh, on. Okay. Yeah. I, hold on. Wait. I gotta find it. So I have things like the old, the oh, if you could see it, the old Zekrom card, the full oh, art goodness. Zekrom card. If I could pull it up, I have. I see in the corner there. Yeah. Yeah. I could. I could also pull them out of the binder. It doesn't matter to me. I have the old like base cards. EX cards. I'm just trying to find something here. Um, let's see. Let's see. And I've played a bunch of decks over time too. I I basically remembered every deck I've played to this point. I played the Dynamo deck, which was um, I can't remember the name. I think it's Dyna something. I can't remember what the full Pokemon name was, but it was based on the Pokemon name. It's the Electric Yield from Black and White. That was a Lightning Ground type. It was the first of its kind, I think. Okay. So there is that. And then I played the, my main deck that I won tournaments with, which was Blastoise and Black Kyrum. Really? Which so was is there like a, a synergy there that helps uh, the, the deck like work? Yes. So what that what Deluge Blastoise with Black Kyrum was, is if I can actually have the Black Kyrum card in here so I can explain it better. So what that deck was, it was basically a powerhouse that involved leveling up, or not leveling up, that involved getting the um, Blastoise Deluja, which is the ability of Blastoise. That specific Blastoise, of course. And the whole point of that card was to basically attach as many ener water energy in one turn to Black Kyrum, and then do 210 damage, and then discard three water. And you, the whole game plan was to basically take water out of, excuse me, out of the discard, and then throw all three of them on Black Kyrum, one shot. Next next Pokemon comes in, and you do the same thing. That was the whole game plan with that card. I cannot find it now. How is it? If you can't and find it, it, that's okay. I'll probably have like the card on the screen when I. Uh, when yeah. I but that's that's awesome. super cool to hear. I'm you know I played the games. I'm not really familiar with this the the TCG. Would you mm -hmm. would you suggest people getting into the TCG? How would you like start uh, playing the Pokemon card game? Honestly, I actually think this is a great time to start because they're doing a lot of um, and I've noticed this lately. A lot of starter decks and certain things that they've released, I don't know what they're called, like starter sets, I think, actually have a lot of really good, like, starter cards to have. Like, I've seen a lot of starter decks that are actually good. Like, they're not, like, competitive play good, but they're definitely a lot better than the old starter decks where it was just Pokemon, attach energy, turn attack. There's actually, like, abilities they're throwing into decks now to explain okay. the game more. And I really like that. So, I could, I would definitely say that. Compared to what it was like two, three years ago, I would say this is definitely a good time to not just start, but just to play if you wanted to learn it. Um, I will say that if you're going to play, it might be expensive if you're going into competitive. Like each deck might be like $120 or more. Like it, it, that's the same with most card games, though. Yeah. So that's not that's not to be, um, you know. You can't avoid that. Yeah, I've said it multiple but, times. Look, the best card in any card game is your debit card. 
<laughs> yep, that's that. exactly it. <laughs> yep. Um, and it, uh, what honestly matters too is how much fun you have with the deck too. Because for someone, I've played a lot of decks in my time, and I honestly only had fun if I was playing a deck that I enjoyed. And I actually made my own deck at one point that, oh, I pissed so many people off. Um, there was a deck I played called Jolteon Glaceon. And there was a card, I think it was XY. It might have been End of Black White, I can't remember. And what they did was Jolteon had an ability where, or had an attack, where if you attack the active Pokemon, your Pokemon cannot hit Jolteon with basic Pokemon for that turn. And then Glaceon had an effect where if you attack with Glaceon, evolved Pokemon couldn't hit you for that turn. Or Glaceon with that turn. And the whole thing was using this card right here, Max Elixir, which allows you to look at the top six cards of your deck, and then take one to attach if you have one there. And the whole game was basically power up Jolteon Glaceon as fast as you can, send it out, and just watch as your opponent struggles to attack you. And a lot of decks at the time. Pokemon. I, it, this is this is mind-boggling to me. This is brain expanding. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole cool point of the deck, and the whole point of the deck, especially with the meta around the time, um, there's this deck called Volcanion. And the whole point was like just to do early game damage, lots of damage early on, attach energy to Volcanion, and just do damage over time. And the problem was was that deck was it was all basic Pokemon. So there was, a, there was only one card in the game that could actually avoid this lock. It was called Pokemon Ranger. And it basically just nullified all of your opponent's effects for that turn. And that was it. That, that was the only card. And they only ran one of them most of the time. So it was basically 10-0 matchup. You see this deck, you lose. And... And then there was also another card that made my deck work better, which is called Ninja Boy. And it allows you to swap a basic Pokemon from your active and then take one from your deck and then swap it out and that was the one thing that worked well with my deck because Jolteon Glaceon that um they didn't evolve to get to the EX so you just place them down so they counted as basic Pokemon so if they let's say swap to an evolved Pokemon on that turn Ninja Boy swap it out and you're still locked so it was definitely a huge control deck that just it definitely worked in the meta if I made it slightly better, I probably could have gone a lot more competitive with it and won tournaments with it. But I was also like, that was my first ever I made my own deck and my dad didn't do it kind of deck. Yeah, okay. So I was that was I was trying to figure that out. And then I played decks like there's a couple more here. Oh, actually here are the cards. I actually have them right here. These are the two cards that were the Jolteon Glaceon right here. Ooh. Or two of them that I used. Some cool art I'm on that to... too. Yeah, the card art has been astounding lately. Like, I'm actually surprised at how good the card art has been. Um, especially the Umbreon card that I sold. That card art was absolutely amazing. Um, and then I played decks called Savali, which are basically... Um, you, it's just turbo attach energy. That's kind of how it is. Um, I played decks like Palkia, which is just basically damage for each water energy you have. I've played Ultra Necrozma, which was a very popular deck for a time. And you basically use Ultra Necrozma to do damage based on the energy, I think, on your side of the field. And then you used a card called Malamar, with the Psychic Recharge ability to basically put Psychic Energy onto that Ultra Necrozma to do damage. And that's kind of how that setup worked. So, and there's a not only bunch are you doing combo theory, you're doing deck building as well. It's <laughs> yeah. really insightful as to how your mind works. 
I uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've made that connection yourself, but I think oh, it's, I have. Yeah, I have. it's it's quite interesting to see. And I think would you say that actually affects the way you play fighting games, like all the you know the Pokemon and kind of your mindset when it comes to deck building? I actually would say yes, because the best way to explain the Pokemon deck building to me and uh, fighting, for example, especially team games, is you want to look for cards with synergy. And that's kind of the same right. thing with the team game. You want to look for characters with synergy and how they work. So, for example, you're not going to make an ability about a basic Pokemon on your side of the field if you have all evolved Pokemon. It's not going to work. Totally. So you want your you want the goal to be synergized, synergizing with different cards in your deck, and that's what I think is great for fighting games because if you understand that synergy in either or, you will understand how that works in either or. Okay. So you it it it's kind of one of those like outside sources that you don't really think would be connected well, but it does actually help in terms of thinking. And here's a couple more secret rares now that I think about it. Actually, funny enough, I actually got this secret rare at a, the Manetric at a tournament. Actually, Ooh. oh my goodness! If that I could pull it slightly amazing. further, yeah, I actually I won a tournament. And they um, most of the time, if it's like a smaller, most tournaments do it, I think, where they they give you cards as a reward, like like prize boxes. Okay. And it's basically just boxes, like you know, you have their thirty six packs in it. The ones you see at like stores and stuff, and you would get those boxes. And I I was unboxing the box there at the place, and I got the golden secret rare. And I'm like, hey, what do you know? Um, but yeah, I definitely do think that. I like games like Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh or Magic. They definitely do help with the thought process of synergizing, and I think that's that's what great that's great with um, fighting games. And I think that's and I don't even think that's just Pokemon too. So the best thing I think about it is Adrian Ribbon, the the League of Legends player sure. that started being big in Dragon Ball. I'm pretty sure that's his name. I'm sorry if it's wrong, <laughs> um, and I'm pretty sure it's League. I think he plays so. Uh, I could be wrong, I don't watch League, so I just go from what I've heard. But, when, when it comes to MOBAs, and I, I play Smite, so I'm, I, I'm definitely knowledgeable in some MOBAs. And, that's a huge thing in MOBAs too, is synergizing. I think that's the main thing in a lot of games, is how things play out and how things work together. Certainly, if you, especially if it's a team aspect, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like there's metas in Smite, which is three tank characters. Or maybe four damage dealers at once, or maybe in my solo lane that's usually tank character based, I could throw in a damage dealer and throw some armor on them, and maybe they'll do better, for example. And they actually might be better than the tank characters because of how their abilities work. And it's every game, and especially competitive, competitive games have synergy for a reason. That's why they're competitive, because there's a bunch of different strategies. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same thing with fighting games, too. It's the strategies, the team compositions, the how everything flows together. And that's what makes a lot of competitive games, especially fighting games, uh, team-based ones. So it's like, you know, it's and the way I kind of compare it is with Smite is you have three tanks and two damage dealers, and I could run some battery setup in Dragon Ball that has two meter building characters with... Um, a level like the level seven characters and then just one shot somebody for example like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the synergy between the teams that make them work and i think that's you don't need to play it just a fighting game to understand that i think it's anything anything with some form of team building or team setup has synergy from pokemon the vgc the tcg to mobas to shooters 
like apex you still need team synergy it's totally it's it's a worldwide gaming concept and i don't think it's just fighting games synergy is a huge part in multiple competitive games and i think and the whole thing about you have to you can't go from a game to a fighting game and be good that's totally bollocks that's no that's 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 a trash thing no and the whole if you play dragon ball you're not good at anything else no that's not true at all either i don't know why people say that yeah, i mean the best dragon example ball, people got nitro. like <laughs> yeah i mean the best way to explain it is nitro from uh, yeah. new york yeah it went to dragon ball wasn't he wasn't doing that well for you know a couple seasons season three hit he played his ui kefla kid boo destroyed people now one of the best new york players mm. went to strive like first couple tournaments he entered he won with soul like yeah it was with soul but that doesn't mean he still can't outplay people yeah that doesn't take away from the fact that you know he played well and yeah. i totally agree i just there's just you know dragon ball is almost was in its own corner and uh it's interesting to see that perception uh, start to shift when newer games start coming out these dragon ball players that you know made a name in dragon ball start exploring and and making a name for themselves outside of dragon ball so yeah really cool insight to hear talios this was an awesome conversation uh if there, there's one more question this is the most important right. one this is going to determine whether i upload this to youtube or not okay <laughs> all right what is your favorite call of duty zombies map you're really gonna make me think about this, man. Yes. Okay, can I say two? <laughs> two, but they have to be ordered. How are you gonna do this to me? <laughs> so we I have played every zombies. Too. I have played every zombies map that has been released in this game. Um, yeah, Vanguard's on the bottom. Just letting you know, Vanguard's Vanguard doesn't exist. We That's don't. We don't acknowledge that. <laughs> we don't acknowledge that. Yeah. Okay, so. I would definitely say both are probably, I think it's Black Ops 3 are probably both of them, but some of my favorites are Origins, Revelations, Dryzen Draha, that's a god tier map, I love that map so much, I love my wolf bow, that will never be taken away from me, uh, Mob of the Dead is also there, um, oh man, what else, what else? Obviously, even though it's not that good of a map, Kino de Tosin, obviously. That's that's the that's the two. OG that's the OG map. That's the OG map. Uh, yeah, of course. But um two. I know. <sighs> Can't believe you're gonna do this to me. I always say Origins is probably one of the best maps ever made by far. That map is from its Easter egg to its wonder weapons to the how the side events of the game flow out i think that game is that map is amazing um revelations is really cool i love the map the mask aspect the multiple different stages the that's the one thing too is i love the storyline of the original zombies so are those are your top two <sighs> trying to think I, you're, you're hurting me with this there's so many ones i want to mention <laughs> There's a lot of maps I love in that game. I have to say, Origins is up there by far. Origins is definitely one of the two. Okay. That's a map that made me love zombies so much, was Origins. My fucking man. Same here, bro. <laughs> Alright! <laughs> okay, here. I didn't say the wrong Same thing. Alright. Listen, don't worry about oh, yeah. it. Origins is definitely up there. That map is god tier. That oh, map... it is. The stabs, dude. 
Can't from staffs to the tank, not even just even the trailer itself was amazing. Um, with like the you know, God, that's actually what got me into Avenged Sevenfold was Call of Duty Zombies, yeah. and I've been listening to them ever since. <laughs> they have awesome. great music. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I definitely say Origins, and probably the Revelations of Rise and Draha. One of those two, probably. And then Mobile Dead would be very close to that. That is a only, solid. Only because of the map. Only because of how the map is. Yeah. I do. I do not like the the clusterfuck that is Mob of the Dead, but from the the tomahawks to the wolf as the wolf aspects on the walls to the storyline of Mob of the Dead, it's yes. just it's so good. It's just like a, a weird blurb in zombies timeline that is just yeah. godlike. Yeah, it's like that little. It's like what they tried to do with um the transit crew. Yeah. But yeah. but it was entirely new characters and it was it was like a one shot kind of. That's a perfect long. way to say it, a one-shot. Yeah, just yeah. like a one-off, one and done, and it just works. Well, Another Talios, map. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. But one more map that I want to have an honorable mention for in my list that many people might not say this, but Dead of the Night. As much as Black Ops 4 maps did have issues, and I will agree with that, it wasn't that bad of a Zombies game. And I think Dead of the Night, I really wish they expanded with that side side characters a little bit more because Ancient Evil was really cool. I love the mythology of Ancient Evil. Um, but Dead of the Night, I think, from the, the vampires to the werewolves to the the silver bullet kind of in, um, inclu inclusion from the Easter egg with the ghosts and the mansion, I think that was a really, really cool zombies map. And it sucks that they did expand more on that with that characters because i didn't care for the characters that often but i think the mythology title it was really cool and yeah. a great place to start and it sucks that it kind of just it didn't go anywhere yeah it was refreshing it just when it happened it. and then it just yeah totally. like all the all the maps with that side crew weren't bad like i liked nine i like the gladiator arena and stuff i like mm -hmm. the the gods and goddesses kind of concept and the scorpion with the the mythology types of the scorpion wonder weapon then the 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 ship map was okay I, yeah. that was like my worst one i didn't like that map that much um and then yeah dead of the night and ancient evil were th those were the bet like some of the best maps in that black ops 4 like that was that was those maps were great um but yeah i think i think i would definitely say origins of revelations or Dorizon and are like my top two three i'll give you i'll give yeah. you the top three that's the top three that is a solid that is a solid list okay that's that's all i gotta <laughs> say you got the pass. Green light. Alright, I'm glad I got the pass. You, you got the you got the green <laughs> light. So hmm. why don't you tell the people where exactly can we find you and if there's anything interesting or exciting that you're gonna publish in the future. Oh, okay. Um and thank you for this opportunity again, by the way. I appreciate it. No problem. Um so you can follow me on Twitch at Talia Strikey, it's the same thing. I think it's lowercase, but you can search it up with capital capitalization anyways. Um, and it, it should find it. I should still have my Michiru picture on there from um, Brand New Animal on there. It should still be there. So if you see that icon, that's me. Um, same thing on YouTube. Tally Shiki. No space. I think I think there might be a space. I can't remember. But you'll know when you see it because I'll have just beers combos on there. Um, Twitter, same thing. Tally Shiki. Kind of... It's the same name, like, it, basically, all my accounts are the same name, so if you search it up, you'll probably find it. Um, and, yeah, that's main three things, that's about it. Awesome. Any uh, future projects you want to talk about here, or are we all oh. set? Um, I do... I did want to make an orb guide for Beerus. Ooh. Soon. Okay. 
Because I've been asked for this for a while. I said I was going to do it last year. And school hit. And then they changed orbs again. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad I didn't do it yet. Because I was actually going to do it literally right before the patch hit. And I'm like, I'm going to wait and thank God I waited. Because uh, they're entirely different now. They're not even close to the same. So, thank God. Um, so, but I'm also debating if I want to do um, an orb guide or if I want to use the whole character guide. But the only thing I worry about with a whole character guide is I'm not knowledgeable in a lot of, like, setups or Oki, for example. Like, I'm not huge on mix-ups and Oki as much as I am combos. So, for me, I don't want to say something and it be wrong. Kind of like, I have that worry anxiety of just, did I say something I shouldn't have or was this wrong and I said it kind of thing. So, that's why I worry more about something I'm not too familiar with. But I definitely do want to do some sort of guide for Beerus, and it'll probably be an orb guide, possibly a full character guide. And I haven't decided yet, but I'll definitely, that's one big video I want to do soon. Um, I have a couple of combo ideas I'm going to post soon that I've been thinking of. Um, I do have some highlight stream highlights I plan on posting soon, uh, and okay. a manga stream highlights, which is absolutely hilarious. Uh, I did a, so there's a playthrough I did, which I don't think many people have done before. I did a Dark Souls 1 remastered playthrough on my stream and that was the first time i ever started a character on remastered i literally bought the remastered like a month ago and it was like ten dollars and i said i need it i need i haven't gotten remastered yet i'll go get it and i did an entire run and i broke the game as much as i possibly could from older from older bugs from getting unlimited souls to skipping ringing the bells and getting to sense fortress using death cam yes. to skipping new londo ruins through the water glitch I'm like, I physically broke the game as hard as I possibly could. Doing the weight limit glitch and duplicating Titanite. Oh, um, okay. I, I did so everything I possibly could to break like, the game. You were just like, any glitch I can do, I'm gonna do it. and it's As long happen. as I knew how to do it, and it wasn't extremely difficult, I, I did it. Sure. From Yeah, some of the ones I did were the, the Souls glitch, the d duplication glitch. I did the... I wanted to do Weapon Swap, but Weapon Swap is not possible on Remastered, sadly. They, uh. they fixed that, so... Um, I did the new Londo skip where you jump into the water and skip the entire seal. I did the sense the sense fortress skip where you skip the bells and you death cam on the stairs and you run all the way there. The tank controls that was that's not fun. Tank controls are not fun on that because <laughs> it screws with your controls and trying to do that took me like 20 minutes. Um, I did what else did I do? I did the bed of chaos shortcut where you do the aim with the bow and you threw the fire bombs. Oh, yes. Okay, I remember. I that. did the Seath skip, where you jump on the elevator and um, roll off to skip the Seath death in the prison. Uh, I, yeah, I did... I tried to glitch every single boss. Like, not glitch the boss, but I tried to glitch every single area I physically could. <laughs> and I think it took me five hours to beat the game from start to finish. And that's wow, with that's me impressive. doing off-screen stuff. That's so, impressive. like, I did a bunch of off-screen stuff, like, for the weight limit glitch... Because I couldn't figure out how to do the PC variation, because I, I just couldn't understand it, I went to the giant had to buy 600 giant armor. to Because there's an in-game in weight limit of 10,000 units. It's from Demon Souls, and they kept it in. Yeah. So once you pass that 10,000 weight limit, the game bugs out. And that's how you get, like, negative items. That's how you get, like, 90... You drop, like, 99 Titanite, like... Um, you can basically glitch an item to max out its weight, and that makes the bug keep going. So every time I looked at a Cestus, I could drop negative 437 of an item. <laughs> and it was just, it was a mess. That's awesome to hear. I'm dude. surprised the game did not crash at like yeah, any point. 
props to the developers for making the game not crap. For real, whatever engine or system that's that's running on, dude. Yeah. Carries. But that's super exciting I... to hear, Talios. Uh, thanks for coming on. Appreciate no your problem. time. Thank and you. that is it for now. Until next time, don't get mixed. <laughs>